Hi, and welcome to worship at First Presbyterian Church. I'm Ellie. And I'm Abby. We're so glad that you could join us for our Youth Sunday celebration. Come on in. Therefore, rid yourselves of all malice and all deceit, hypocrisy, envy, and slander of any kind. Like newborn babies, crave pure spiritual milk, so that by it you may grow up in your salvation. Now that you have tasted that the Lord is good, as you come to him, the living stone, rejected by men, but chosen by God and precious to him, you also, like living stones, are being built into a spiritual house to be a holy priesthood, offering spiritual sacrifices acceptable to God through Jesus Christ. For in scripture it says, See, I lay a stone in Zion, a chosen and precious cornerstone, and the one who trusts in him will never be put to shame. Now to you who believe me, this stone is precious. But to those who do not believe, the stone the builders rejected has become the capstone, and a stone that causes men to stumble and a rock that makes them fall. They stumble because they disobey the message, which is also what they are destined for. But you are a chosen people, a royal priesthood, a holy nation, a people belonging to God, that you may declare the praises of him who called you out of darkness into his wonderful light. Once you were not a people, but now you are the people of God. Once you had not received mercy, but now you have received mercy. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Hello, my name is Katherine Livingston and I am a senior at Columbus High School. Today is Mother's Day and I've been thinking a lot about the mothers in my family. My mother is a teacher and her mother, my grandmother, was also a teacher. If there's one thing my brother Bobby and I know, it's that Teachers never stop teaching. They think everything constitutes a teachable moment. And the teachers in my family teach, whether their students or children want them to or not. COVID-19 is obviously a teachable moment, but the problem is no one knows what it means yet. For the best teachers, teaching is not just about sharing knowledge. It is also about acknowledging what remains unknown about what needs further study and investigation. It is about knowing how to ask the right questions and pursue the right course of study to find the best answers we can. In other words, it is about developing a skill set that will help us navigate our way through uncertain times, knowing whom to ask for information, whom to ask for help, and whom to lean on for support. 
In this time of COVID-19, I'm grateful for teachers who have taught me to question, to seek answers, and to recognize that we have to make decisions even when we do not have all the information we think we need. Psalm 32 verse eight reads, I will instruct you and teach you in the way you should go. I will counsel you with my loving eye on you. Throughout my life, I have been counseled at home and in school and loving eyes have kept watch over me. One of my middle school teachers, Miss Bridges, who I'm pretty sure is watching today, made an important difference in my life. She may not realize this, but she made me feel good about myself. She made me feel special. She also introduced me to one of my favorite book series, Peter and the Star Catchers. And by doing this, she helped create a reader. Books have encouraged me to be interested in people and places outside of my immediate surroundings. They've also helped me make sense of my experiences when I wasn't sure what to think. More recently, one of my high school teachers reached out by email to all of his students this semester. He let us know that he understands our confusion and disappointment about the abrupt closure of our school and the cancellation of all school-related activities and events. But his email was not just to commiserate with us. It encouraged us to shift our focus from the disappointment of the, pres of the present to hope for the future. I hope Mr. Boda knows how much his words meant to all of us. Most importantly, today is Youth Sunday. The youth want to say thank you to all of our teachers here at First Presbyterian. We are grateful for both your wise counsel and your loving eyes. Reverend Danny, Reverend Connie, Miss Debbie, Mr. Tom, Miss Vicki, Miss Margie, Mr. Graham. I could go on and on until I named every adult member of our congregation. Thank you. We are grateful for the lessons and the laughs and the discipline and the love. Unfortunately, your job is not over. We youth have a lot of questions. Some of these questions are small. If schools don't reopen soon, how are we going to get our belongings from our lockers? How will we get our yearbooks? How do we return the Chromebooks we have been using for all of our online assignments? Some other questions are less small, but still self-focused. What about colleges and universities? Are dorms going to open? Are Ada and I going to be able to head off to college in the fall? What about high schools and middle schools? When will those schools reopen? Will we be able to play our favorite sports or join our favorite clubs? And, oh my gosh, will we be able to watch SEC football this year? Other questions are quite large. Where is God in this time of COVID-19? How do we practice our faith during social distancing? How do we believe in both science and in Christ's words when others around us seem to choose one or the other? It seems like one of the hardest things about the past few weeks is not knowing what we are supposed to be doing. Since the closing of school, I have been separated from my friends and from the routines that have ordered my life for as long as I can remember. I no longer set my alarm so I can rush to school. I no longer rush between classes. I no longer rush from school to swim practice. 
and I no longer rush home from practice to do my homework. Instead, I sleep a lot later, play more with my dogs, eat dinner every night in our backyard with my family, and try to motivate myself to study for my AP exams that are coming up. Talking to the other youth, I found that their experiences are a lot like mine. We're filling up our time, but I think what we're really hoping for are the answers to all of our questions. But the teachers we have always looked to for answers have the same questions that we do. So, on this Youth Sunday, it makes sense to me, first, to look inward to see what we have learned through these experiences, and second, to look to Scripture for guidance, for the guidance that we need. Looking inward, one thing that has become clear to me is that my faith is an active faith. I believe in the grace of God, but I also believe that we show our faith through our actions, watching the sacrifices of doctors and nurses, first responders and postal workers, medical researchers and grocery workers. We see people taking action in our world, but their actions are backed by the power of the Lord. And in this way, they are capable of miracles. We youth are not any of these professions that are carrying the world on our shoulders, at least not yet. But scripture tells us that we too can act in ways that bring hope to our community. As the apostle Paul teaches us in Romans chapter 12, verses six through eight, we have different gifts according to the grace given to each of us. If your gift is prophesying, then prophesy in accordance with your faith. If it is serving, then serve. If it is teaching, then teach. If it is to encourage, then give encouragement. If it is giving, then give generously. If it is to lead, do it diligently. If it is, if it is to show mercy, do it cheerfully. Even in our social distancing, we can find creative and new ways to give testament to our faith. We can serve and encourage others. We can give generously and show mercy, and we can love. Above all, we can love. Happy Mother's Day to all of our mothers and to all of our teachers, both formal and informal, who have mothered us along the way. Thank you. The next reading is from the Gospel of John. Do not let your hearts be troubled. You believe in God, believe also in me. My Father's house has many rooms. If that were not so, would I have told you that I'm going there to prepare a place for you? And if I go and prepare a place for you, I will come back and take you to be with me that you may also be where I am. You know the way to the place where I'm going. Thomas said to him, Lord, we don't know where you are going, so how can we know the way? Jesus answered, I am the way and the truth and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. If you really know me, you will know my father as well. From now on, you do know him and you have seen him. Philip said, Lord, show us the father and that will be enough for us. Jesus answered, don't you know me, Philip, even after I've been among you for such a long time? Anyone who has seen me has seen the father. How can you say, show us the father? Don't you believe that I am in the father and the father is in me? The words I say to you, I do not speak on my own authority. Rather, it is the Father living in me who is doing his work. Believe me when I say 
I am in the Father and the Father is in me, or at least believe on the evidence of the works themselves. Very truly, I tell you, whoever, whoever believes in me will do the works I have been doing, and they will do even greater things than these because I am going to the Father. And I will do whatever you ask in my name so that the Father may be glorified in the Son. You may ask me for anything in my name, and I will do it. Good morning, everybody. My name is Ada Bickerstaff, and I'm currently a senior at Brookstone School, and I will be attending Wofford next fall. Let's start this morning by closing our eyes, standing still, and thinking of something or someone in our lives that brought us comfort. Okay, hold that moment, memory for just a moment. Was that comfort today what you feel as you sit at home in your robe with your coffee watching church? Or is that memory about your childhood as your parents came running when you skinned your knee and them kissing it to make it feel better? Or was that memory of you feeling or feeling when you have a roof over your head for shelter and a daily meal to eat? Was that memory that you've had a freedom of pain? A time in my life when I felt comfort was when I was in second grade and got bit on the face by a dog. Yeah, does not sound comfortable at all. I was at a friend's house and we were playing soccer in the front yard. One of us accidentally kicked the ball over to where the dog was lying and I got voluntold to go grab it from him. When I reached down to grab it, he jumped up and bit me on the side of the face. My friends dropped everything and ran to go get help. Their mom rushed me to the emergency room. I remember everyone freaking out and asking me over and over if I was all right, which is a sign they care. <laughs> the nurses and doctors were very nice and made me feel safe. I felt so much comfort from my parents and those doctors, even though I was going through a lot of pain. The definition of comfort is a state of physical ease and freedom from pain and constraint. There are many different views of comfort, but today we will be talking about how Stephen felt comfort. Stephen was proclaiming the good news of the gospel, but the Jewish authorities thought he was lying. Verse 54 says, when they heard this, they were cut to the quick and they began gashing their teeth at him. But being full of the Holy Spirit, he gazed intently into heaven and saw the glory of God and Jesus standing at the right hand of God. And he said, behold, I see the heavens opened up and the Son of Man standing at the right hand of God. But they cried out with a loud voice and covered their ears and rushed at him with one impulse. When they had driven him out of the city, they began stoning him. And the witnesses laid aside their robes at the feet of a young man named Saul. What did Stephen say that got him stoned? Stephen was stoned to death for the crime of blasphemy, that is, for speaking lies about God. In reality, he was speaking the truth to men who did not like the truth. Stephen knew that God was with him and therefore felt comfort. Stephen getting stoned set the stage for the spread of Christianity to the rest of the known world. Because of this violent prosecution, Christians began fleeing Jerusalem and wherever they went, they took the gospel with them planting churches and proclaiming the good news of the forgiveness of sins. God also wants us to share the gospel with people. We can do so without worrying about being imprisoned or stoned to death. 
Thank you.